Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. To my loyal bed crimers, hello, how are you? Hope you're having a great day. It's Friday. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out the channel. Let me just ask all of you, if after listening to this, you find you enjoyed it or learned something, smash that like button. It's a free way you can help me. Today, Fox News is reporting that workers have boarded up the off-campus rental home where the crime occurred in Moscow, Idaho. Photos show plywood boards over the doors and windows, and a temporary fence is now around the property. In addition, security teams are still monitoring the house around the clock. The Fox News article also states that the property will be demolished. And KTVB News is further reporting that the owner of the house offered to give it to the university. And per the University of Idaho president, Scott Green, the house on King Street is going to be demolished. He sent an email to the students today with this message. He wrote, This is a healing step and removes the physical structure where the crime that shook our community was committed. Demolition also removes effort to further sensationalize the crime scene. End quote. Green also said that university officials are evaluating options where students may be involved in the future development of the property. In his email, President Green also wrote this. From the day we learned of the senseless deaths of Zana Kernodal, Ethan Chapin, Madison Mogan, and Kaylee Gonsalves, the outpouring of support from our Vandal family has been tremendous. Everywhere I turn, people are asking what they can do to help. What resulted is an incredible display of what it means to be a vandal. The compassion, tenacity, and resilience of our community shows in the generous actions. End quote. Green also stated that a university committee with student representation has begun planning a healing garden and a memorial to the four students who died. The garden will be located on the university's Moscow campus, but the exact location has not been identified. Personally, I think that's a wonderful way to try and soften the horror of this happening. Maybe in time the garden can replace fear and sadness with tranquility and happy reflection. President Green also shared this. Money donated to the victims' families' GoFundMe pages has been directed to the Bruce and Kathy Pittman Emergency Fund to help students. Vandal alumni Gene Taft and Bob Orzo and Bob's wife Gail led a peer-driven effort to create scholarships as a legacy for each of the four students, and the Vandals Supporting Vandals Fund took shape. Endowed scholarships have been established in memory of Chapin, Kernodal, 
and Mogan. Green said the university is working with Kaylee Gonzalez's family to establish a scholarship in her name as well. Green concluded his letter with this, and I quote, Sometimes it's hard to see beyond this tragedy, but the selfless acts, the deep engagement, and loving support of our entire Vandal family reminds me that there is so much good in the world. We will never forget Zana, Ethan, Madison, and Kaylee, and I will do everything in my power to protect their dignity and respect their memory. Together, we will rebuild and continue to support each other. We are hashtag Vandal Strong, end quote. On to the unnamed source who spoke to People magazine and revealed that suspect Koberger had multiple images of one of his alleged female victims on his phone when he was searched by the cops in December after his arrest. The source did not identify which of the females was in the photos. Talk about over-promising and under-delivering. Now we all want to know which one of the female victims it was. I saw a comment from a former journalist on Reddit, and I know Reddit is not something we can trust, but there are grains of truth on there from time to time. And what this former journalist said was that the way the People article was written, wherein it listed Madison Mogan as the first named victim, indicates that she is most likely the female whose photos were on Brian Koberger's phone. The ex-journalist wrote, and now I quote, It's a way we give the most important information without actually saying it, end quote. Some people were then writing that Maddie was also listed first in the probable cause affidavit for Koberger's arrest. I don't know what they mean by that, though, because the first student whose name appears in the probable cause affidavit is actually Zana Kernodo, and that's because... The officers describe seeing her body first. Whoever the female was, Koberger was paying attention to her. I still say it could be Kaylee Gonsalves, and I'll tell you why. Some of Kaylee's friends implied that she had a stalker when they visited a local vape shop in downtown Moscow, Idaho. Do you remember the interview with the store manager? who told News Nation about that. I suspect this unnamed source is going to continue leaking information for whatever reason, so maybe they'll let us know once and for all which female Brian Koberger was seemingly obsessed with. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories, do me a favor, smash that like button, subscribe to my channel, leave me a comment, and I'll see you next time confirming that Kaylee had a stalker. So take me to that, that whole situation with the business in town and what you found out. Yeah, this was interesting, Ashley, and we didn't expect it. Uh, we went to this vape shop uh, in downtown Moscow uh, looking for surveillance video. I mean, we've been going all over the place just trying to get any new information. And, and the uh, manager actually knew Kaylee and Maddie. Um, they had been there six or seven times. Uh, and then he had a lot to say uh, about the potential of this stalker. Listen to what he told me. So uh, Kaylee and Maddie would both come in um, very happy, very friendly. You know, they always were just such a smile on their face. Just like, pretty much the, you would say they're the light of the world, pretty much. You know, always happy and go lucky. 
Um, they always came in just chatting. They always came with a group. Like I said, they um, probably I'd say four or five girls at most all the time to come in together. Um, and I like I made a, made a joke about it earlier. It was like, uh, you know, hey, you know, coming together and stuff like that. You know, just you know, it's nice to see you girls trying to stay safe. One of them more or less openly says, oh, yeah, we've had a friend of ours be stalked before. So this is kind of why we all travel in a group like this. And just was like, it, was it Kaylee who said that? Do you remember? No, it was Maddie who actually said that. So Maddie said it um, and it was kind of like more mentioning, like motioning to Kaylee too, like who was right next to her. So you could tell that like they obviously all were trying to keep Kaylee safe, you know, and to be there for her as good friends. And then, yeah, to know that few weeks later now i won't see them you know anymore anything like that so it's so, so that's crazy. how long before the murder about was that uh three weeks